Now, all week we've been bringing you tales back from the historic business delegation that travelled with the Prime Minister to Washington, D.C. to meet Donald Trump on Friday. I was in the White House in President Trump's office, the Oval Office, when Malcolm and Lucy Turnbull sat down with Donald and Melania Trump. And I can tell you, from my observation, close up, Donald Trump's a lot taller and thinner and kind of normal looking than he appears to be or is portrayed in the media. I'm not sure that his idea that he floated uh, that day about arming teachers will fly, but it certainly diverted the gun control debate. Now, one of the Australian business leaders who went to the White House with the PM to meet Donald Trump was Business Council of Australia Chief Executive Jennifer Westacott. And I know that she did meet the president. I didn't see her, but she had a photograph on her phone to prove it. And she says Donald Trump changed his diary so he could meet each of the 22 Australian business people personally. I caught up with Jennifer Westacott the day after that meeting in Washington, D.C. Your trip here with Malcolm Turnbull, you've met Donald Trump. Was it worthwhile? Oh, absolutely. I mean, I think a lot of Australians forget that America is still the largest investor in Australia. Uh, America is still one of the biggest destinations for Australian investment. We've got a strong economic relationship. We've got a strong cultural relationship. And this was an opportunity for leading business figures, state premiers, the prime minister, US business figures, governors to come together to say, how can we strengthen our relationship? So to me, it was just an outstanding trip. And um, are there any lessons for us from the way America does things? Well, I think there are lessons certainly in the uh, in the Trump administration's direction for economic policy. Their tax cuts, but not just their tax cuts, their, their deregulation of the economy. We heard time and time again from business leaders yesterday that the uh, reduction of red tape is making it so much easier to do business. It's kind of cutting down times to get things done, as well as the tax cuts having an immediate effect. So companies talking about immediate investment decisions, immediate decisions to pay their workers bonuses, and also giving people that confidence that the economy is heading in the right direction, that sense of kind of uh, enthusiasm, the animal spirits as people talk about it, which kind of spurs on investment. I was here a couple of years ago, Miranda, and people were very depressed, very down. They were like, we're going nowhere, we've lost our economic direction. That's not the sense you get here. Uh, uh, you know, the last time I was here last year, uh, when I thought the tax cuts would get through and everyone doubted it, and I said, no, I think this is going to happen. Uh, and then and then yesterday we just got this sense of absolute energy back in the economy. And that's Donald Trump. I think it, I think it is. I think, you know, there'll be people who have different views about President Trump, but, you know, there's no doubt. He, he's put America first, put business right at the centre of uh, his policy agenda, uh, you know, really push through those tax cuts with his Republican Party uh, for the betterment of the country, driving those middle-class tax cuts uh, for the benefit of citizens. I mean, he's put that agenda absolutely front and centre, and I think, you know, that's created a tremendous amount of energy and enthusiasm. A lot of people, uh, you know, like Vizzy, you know, an Australian company, Anthony Pratt, said he, he wasn't going to make those big investments. Uh, it was contingent upon President Trump being elected. So big enthusiasm. And do you think that in Australia that we have something to learn from American enthusiasm? You bet. Uh, well, you know, obviously uh, I've been a very strong advocate of the company tax reduction because we have to be competitive. And, uh, you know, if we're not competitive, we will not attract investment. 
uh, we will not attract investment that drives productivity, which drives higher wages, we will not attract the investment that drives more job creation. I mean, you know, they've created two million jobs here. Uh, we created 400,000 uh, last year off the back of some of the government's initial tax cuts in the, in the broader state of the economy. But, you know, there's an opportunity for us to just really, you know, I heard the expression yesterday, supercharge the economy. That's the lesson I think we've got to walk away. Let's supercharge our economy for the benefit of the working people of Australia, uh, of the revenue of governments, and, and that's the message that comes out of here. And do you think the government's tax cut, this next tranche, goes far enough? I mean, it's a lot smaller and slower than the US one. Yeah, I mean, obviously they've had a 14-point reduction instantly, and that's mm. a huge effect, and as well as this instant uh, write-off, this kind of depreciation. That makes a big difference. Huge difference for big capital-intensive projects. Look, I, look, I think we've just got to get the 25% done in Australia. Um, so we're dropping 5%, but over 10 years, right. they've that, dropped 15 immediately. Yeah, and, and look... The 25% will just keep us in the race. Uh, and, you know, obviously we would have liked to have seen it done faster, but we've got, you know, big fiscal issues in the country. We've got to balance that with the need to sort of grow the economy. Having said that, uh, companies like Rio Tinto, BHP, all have said that that decision by the government, if it gets through the Senate, it will change their decisions immediately. Not in 10 years' time, immediately. Immediately they'll start looking at their projects and, and they'll start making those investments. And the point... Uh, Jean-Sebastien Jacques from Rio Tinto made yesterday, it was very important, is that that signal, if it's not given, uh, the actions companies will take to go somewhere else, that also happens immediately too. And if they can't see that signal coming into our economy, they will make decisions to put investments in other countries, and that's, that's not good for Australia. So people talk about the kind of, it'll take a long time to get the effect of the cut. Uh, that's not true. Companies tell me they'll change their decisions immediately. And so that's a message for the Senate. Message for the Senate, message for the Labor Party. I mean, they once supported company tax cuts. We used to have, you know, bipartisan agreement on the core economics. Now we don't. Uh, it's really, you know, up to a responsible opposition who's once held this position that they support a lower company tax rate to get back into the centre uh, ground for economic policy, get back into acting in the national interest and, and work with the government uh, to pass the tax cuts because this is in the country's interests. Now, this sort of delegation has never happened before where the yep. Prime Minister has come here with so many business leaders. What's been the benefit of that? Well, obviously, those business-to-business -business contacts. You could hear people at the tables yesterday you know, saying, look, I'd really like to talk to you about that, passing business cards, but, but, but really actively following it up, uh, saying, let's get together next time I'm here. Uh, so a lot of people kind of wanting to kind of... Uh, and, and to see what we're doing in Australia. So, you know, you can't underestimate those business-to-business -business contacts. You can't underestimate those camaraderies that, that occur that make doing business easier. And I think we, we, we had a lot to sell as a country too. Uh, you know, the work that some of the states are doing, particularly in New South Wales, on infrastructure, uh, on asset recycling, I think everyone was blown away by that. You know, when, when uh, Gladys Berejiklian went through the data on her state, you could see people going, wow, we want to live there. 
so I think there was a great interchange of things we could do and we all sort of agreed on some priorities and, and things that we could all work on together and governments could work on collectively to strengthen the relationship. And now tell us about Donald Trump. <clears throat> What's he like well, as he a man? He was incredibly personable. He was very charming. He was very, you know, when people look you in the eye uh, and engage you directly and uh, he, 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 he completely changed his diary so that uh, he could meet with the business delegation. He went around the room to every single person, had a brief conversation. It, it wasn't just sort of perfunctory. It was meaningful. Uh, I was very impressed. And why do you think he cares about Australia? Well, it's, it's, it's you know, in his press conference yesterday, I think he, he made it very clear. This is just one of those great bilateral relationships. I mean, we're here celebrating 100 years of mateship, uh, 100 years of, of Australia being in every single battle, uh, the only country in the world to be in every single battle with the United, involving the United States. There's tremendous relationships between our two countries, and I think he understands that and appreciates that, and I think he has very close personal ties with some uh, prominent Australians. It was fantastic to have the great Greg Norman on our trip, who's not only a wonderful golfer but a businessman, entrepreneur, who really understands probably more than anyone uh, in, in the world what competitiveness means, uh, and uh, he made a marvellous contribution. It's interesting that in his press conference, Donald Trump singled out Greg Norman and Anthony Pratt. That's right. And, and, and because uh, Mr. Pratt has made huge investments in the U.S. off the back of uh, President Trump's tax cuts and that sort of overall kind of feeling of a positive economic environment. So I think everyone in Australia yesterday felt, number one, we've got to get competitive. We've got to keep pace with what they're doing. And number two, we've got a great story to sell. The, the, the only other thing that we discussed that I think hasn't got enough uh, media coverage is trying to brand Australia better. Like everyone sort of knows who we are, but do they really know what we've got to offer in terms of our products? And uh, Andrew Forrest and I have been working for some time on trying to get a single brand for Australia so that people choose Australian products over Brazilian products, over other products from around the world. Uh, and that was discussed too, that we've got to probably do a little bit more promoting uh, our competitive advantages, our strengths as an economy, and of course our massive opportunities in tourism. Terrific. Well, thanks very much, Jennifer Westcott. You're welcome. Thank you. News doesn't have to be boring. The Brits have given Prince Harry a new nickname after yet another tell-all interview. Oh, God, is it the ginger winder? <laughs> <laughs> Let the team at news.com.au get you up to speed each day with their podcast from the newsroom. A couple were busted joining the Mile High Club. Well, I guess they can't fly virgin anymore. <laughs> Politics, sport, red carpets, royals. Get all the goss in just a few minutes. Follow from the newsroom wherever you get your podcast from.